I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. you know how we do love to have a bit of a giggle well that's why we're about to jump on zoom and celebrate the new year with comedian and writer Juliet Myers and talk about why Homer her rescue dog is stealing the show Juliet Myers welcome to a dog's life thank you very much now, Juliet, my gosh, you are a writer and a brilliant comedian, um, traveling the circuit around London and further afield. Um, yes. And what I love is that you have a dog in your show called Homer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it just, uh, when I first got him for the first few weeks, he wasn't in the show, but because he's got separation anxiety, I actually said to a promoter, can I can I go on early because I have to get back to the dog sitter? And he said, oh, you can bring the dog next time. And uh, I thought he meant to keep in the back office. And I ended up taking him on stage and he totally upstaged me. And since then, he comes with me when he can. That's so funny. So were you a comedian before you took on home? Oh, yes. Yes. And um, for quite a while. And that was sort of why I didn't get a dog before, because so many people said to me, well, how are you going to gig? Um, It's not practical. Um, So I I was probably a comedian for 10 years before I got Homer. This does remind me a little bit (laughs) of Julian Clary and his dog uh, called Fanny, who I'm sure you you remember. Fanny, the wonder dog, who a a bit similarly, you know, he brought um, a rescue called Fanny into his life. And then Fanny, in a way, created his career. Um, Is Homer having the same effect, Juliet? Yes. Well, I think he is. I mean, I mean... I love Julian Clary. You know, for me, what I always loved was that, you know, there was this smoking hot gay guy and with a bit of a bondage look saying risque yeah. stuff, but with the cutest dog. I and know. So that so worked. And then with me, I feel like I'd like to say, I feel, you know, people would say, what are your shows about? What do you talk about? And I'd say, oh, it's terribly clever. It's political and it's satirical and blah, blah, blah. And then the minute I got Homer, he upstaged me but people loved it and I had a bit more of a unique selling points and in fact the place where I originally took him and the guy said I'll look after him I went back there a few months ago without Homer because I was doubling up with another gig that wouldn't allow dogs and I did the gig and the guy said to me it's not really as good without the dog (laughs) that's brilliant that's brilliant now explain a bit about Homer and and Mm. when you know, bearing in mind your busy schedule that you had and so on, what what triggered you deciding that's it? I'm getting a dog. Well, I I just wanted I wanted a dog for so long. I you know I think I wanted a dog before my brother had a dog, and then my brother got a dog, and I loved looking after him. And sometimes when they go at Christmases, I I I'd, I'd, I'd look after their dog and be so happy. 
And people would say to me, well, get your own dog. And I'd say, it's not practical. You know, even friends who didn't like dogs, who suddenly got a dog for their kids, were living this happy dog life. And I then had one Edinburgh festival uh, where I enjoyed doing the show, uh, but I got a review from someone that was incredibly tepid. And I thought, right, that's it. Why am I living this life? <laughs> I'm just going to get a dog because rather than the adoration of strangers, I want to adore a dog. And I just happened upon, uh, for years I thought I was going to get a puppy. And then I started looking at rescue websites. And, you know, once I saw him, I was smitten. Oh, no. And you got him from Many Tears Rescue. Is yes. that right? Yes. Yes. They're the ones in Wales, I think. Yes. They are. Yeah, because yeah, they take on a lot of ex-puppy breeding bitches. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, being right there, you know, in the land of of a lot of puppy farming, unfortunately, around. Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he's different. He's 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 from Portugal. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's funny you say that about the puppy farm, because actually, and I'll say it's very quietly because I'm close to me, um, I originally was, my first choice was an ex Breeding bitch? Is that the phrase? It sounds terribly politically incorrect. I know, um, I hate that word, that B word. It's I, awful, isn't I it? Know, it sounds so hostile. I know, it's like, you bitch. <laughs> I know. It shouldn't, it's not. It's, I, I'm sort of girl dog. <laughs> yes. Um, and she was she was an eight-year-old schnauzer. Uh, and, and they said, you know, because I, what I like about Many Tears, or probably quite a lot of rescue websites, is that they're very upfront about, uh, the dog's history and they said you know she's she, you know she's been kept in a barn she doesn't like people you know she'll poo on your floors and at first I was like doesn't matter I've had flatmates like that and then <laughs> and then when I actually kind of officially applied they said it not for a first dog and so then I suddenly saw this goofy twit with his big ears and it said rescue dog from Portugal and uh, I just yeah, I just fell in love with him. He's an ex-street dog. Uh, I think in Portugal, they let them live on the streets for a bit, but then they scoop them all up and say another horrible phrase. They put them in a kill shelter. Mm. Uh, and many tears, the absolute heroes, go over and I, I guess pay for, you know, vaccinations, uh, puppy passports, uh, dog pet passports, and bring them back in a van. Brilliant. Yeah, no, well, it's it, it's important. I mean, cultures are very different, but I know, yes. yeah, in Spain and I guess Portugal as well, they have different expectations, I think. That's, um, I think. you know, and I think, you know, not everyone over there is horrible to their dogs, but I think you've done a great thing, of course, bringing Homer in. Now, you know, yeah. his name suggests that he's... <laughs> extremely wise yes yes I think he is I mean <laughs> he's he does make me he, you know he's very he's very calm apart from if I leave him alone uh and he seems to be you know often when I leave him at the dog sitters they'll say you know oh we had a lot of dogs and they all played together and chased balls but Homer just looked on <laughs> It is quite, I think, and I like to think that's wisdom, that he just learns things quickly and ponders. He is extraordinary looking. I mean, I, I've got a, a fetish. Both my dogs have got naturally pointy ears. I love I, it. 
I love a pointy ear. I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone's got their own preferences, mm. but there's something that makes them look so so human in a way, you know? I know. Do you think that's partly why he's bit by bit wangled his way on stage and helped you create? Because, you know, I've watched some clips and, and you're very, very brilliant, really, in highlighting about, well, you should <laughs> adopt and not mm. shop yes. and the great benefits of rehabilitating a rescue and, and, and all of these things, which is so true. So, you know, it's almost like you, you when you get at your first dog, you join a club. Do you think that's kind of partly oh. it, Juliet? Oh, your, absolutely. Your whole life changes. You know, there you are in the park in the pouring rain. You'd never have been in the park in the pouring rain without home. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're talking to people who are similarly soaking and wet and annoyed to be out in the pouring rain but there's something really um bonding about all of this <laughs> oh absolutely you know I mean you know I look at my sofa and I think well pre-homer I'd be looking at expensive sofas and now I'm like well we'll just get another cheap one <laughs> off eBay <laughs> and you know that carpet's quite muddy uh, but it's very bonding and uh, and I think particularly with Yes, with rescue dogs, because I love hearing other people's rescue dog stories. So often people are saying, oh, you know, we had a nightmare. But while they're saying this story, their dog's looking adoringly at them and Homer's looking adoringly at me. So it's it's very bonding. You know, I'm sure a lot of my friends when I first got Homer, uh, well, a few of them said, you can't live like this. <laughs> What do you mean, live like this? What, well, what do you think this, they meant? Well, I think they meant, because um, I think most of them were very pleased for me. But in Homer's case, yes, you know, there's the walking in the rain. Um, but because Homer has separation anxiety, I had to plan very carefully when I could go out. And a lot of people said to me, but, what? you know, you said you didn't want to go out with so-and-so because they were too clingy. Now you've got this dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I was and I was like, yeah, I don't mind it so much in the dog. <laughs> it's, it's... Exactly. But it's that constant companionship. Yes. It? And it does just enrich your, your, your life. You know, you are allowed to go to the park in the pouring rain, whereas people without a dog, they look a bit weird. Don't they? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Like, what are oh. you doing in our park? <laughs> oh, abs absolutely. You know, I go to the Lake District a lot with him and actually pre-dog. Someone said to me, don't you have a dog to walk? And really? I remember thinking, oh, you know, they can just see that, you know, I'm crying out for a dog. Oh, you know, I love, you know, I enjoy all of that. You know, I, I went for a New Year's Day walk with my brother and his dogs uh, with Homer. And I loved the fact that we all got so muddy and, you know, we were all absolutely soaking. But it was it was part of the fun watching the dogs running on ahead and trying to overtake each other and. And, you know, and I think so many people have jumped on, haven't they, to dogs through uh, the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. You know, some for the better and some perhaps for the worse. But, um, you know, because people have saw, you know, in lockdown, the joy that we have getting muddy. <laughs> and, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's also, I think, created a bit of a I think we we helped fuel the, the puppy boom in in the pandemic by showing people this alternative lifestyle that was connected more to the outdoors and all these things yes. suddenly of course everyone's craving because they can't go anywhere but it's a commitment isn't it Juliet and I know because oh. Homer's seven is he six he's, he's eight now is he gosh yeah, yeah. 
so so you've been through quite a lot then already and and it is a commitment isn't it not a convenience it's not a whim no it's it's not a whim I and but this is the thing you know I love that actually he's given me he's given me a bit more of a sense of purpose or you know just a whatever it takes to make sure that he and I can, you know, make this work. Um, you know, it's total commitment. You know, I'm sure a lot of people see me now as a mad dog lady going out in the rain or, you know, carrying his snacks around um, or even having to make constant excuses for when he's stolen food off people in the park, <laughs> which is a thing that happens quite a lot. I'm saying that and looking back at Homer behind me. Well, that's his street dog thing. So how old was he, um, Juliet, when you got him? He was two. So I don't know. I mean, this is the only thing with a rescue dog. I would only ever get a rescue dog, but I wish I could see his puppy pictures and I wish I fully knew his background. But as far as many tears knew was he was abandoned when he was 15 days old outside a pet shelter, um, outside of vets rather, uh, with his brother and sister with a note saying, we don't want these dogs. Then they got adopted, but then they, en- but then Homer ended up back on the streets because they chipped him by then or something. So by the time he got to me, he, you know, been abandoned, been adopted, <laughs> been a street dog, uh, and then lived in Wales for a bit before he was in foster care uh, near where I live in Ryslip. Right, gosh, so from Portugal to Ryslip. Yeah, I love that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I'm not, I've, I've got a little rehome toy terrier called Mr. Binks. In fact, he is the co host of A Dog's Life, actually. Wonderful. And I know, and he was two and a half when I took him on, and he's, he is a totally, he was a bit of a wreck when I got him, but um, he's only got one hip and various other Aww. things wrong with him. Um, but, um, you know, it's so rewarding, I think. And I think it is important to give all dogs a second chance. But I think as well, for you as a first-time dog owner, many tears probably said that. This was yes. a bit of a challenge, I think, to take on a dog that had spent some time being a street dog. That's where I think sometimes adapting into, you know, a life with central heating and sofas, as brilliant as it is, it, it yeah. can be a bit overwhelming. I think I think it can. And this is the thing. I mean, I have bumped into people who've had quite a tricky time with their rescue dogs who are street dogs because they've been treated badly. Um, they, you know, they they're scared that someone's going to hit them. They're sus- you know, they're suspicious of people. Whereas Homer, whether it was that he had a good fostering experience um, or that when he was on the streets, because he's he's definitely he's very unalpha people were nice to him or he knew his place in a pack he's been relatively easy in comparison to some people's dogs I know that's good no it's brilliant I just oh I love your enthusiasm in your (laughs) you're talking about it but but when you're at gigs then so Mm. you know because for a while um I do a radio show on uh, the BBC and um, most mm-hmm. of it's been down the line in recent times, but we're back Wonderful. in uh, back in the building now, shall we say. So that's all good. And hopefully that will continue. Um, but we used to way back take our dogs into the studio, you know, and um, then people would come into that studio that maybe had the allergy and would come <laughs> up in hives. And then we'd go through <laughs> the, the general, you know, man- 
management saying, right, the dogs just can't come in anymore. And then, you know, we'd do that for a week and then rebel and the dogs would be back in again. And this, <laughs> this went on for three whole years, actually, every week at night. And then when we moved to the day, dogs were banned officially, completely, especially as we tried to break that rule on the first um, rendition of the day. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> Didn't go down awfully well. Um, but, but yeah, but because of, of course, you know, some people don't like dogs, right, Juliet? No. So are you finding now that you only attract dog lovers to your shows? I do. I do. I think. I mean, I, I like to think uh, a few people have come up and said this, that they've said to me after the show, I'm not a particularly a dog person, but I enjoyed your show. Um, and, and I, you know, Homer's quite good. He shakes hands with the audience. He sits. Oh. He often sits. Uh, one year in Edinburgh, I did a show where there was a sofa at the front and the shows were full, which was something I'd never had pre-Homer, actually. And the shows were full and Homer would insist on sitting on the sofa with people. That's so um, funny. Yeah. But in terms of people, no, I mean, every now and then, the only the main time uh, I had people that didn't like dogs at my show was a, a good friend of mine brought his in-laws in to watch me and they sat there looking furious throughout the whole thing uh, and I thought oh okay but well, I don't know what the problem is and then afterwards my friend said they were so angry that you just kept talking about dogs and they hadn't realized it was a show you know, the show was called This Flipping Rescue Dog Has Ruined My Life. Um, they, you know, so, yeah, I, I do mostly attract uh, dog lovers, I think. And, and you know, every now and then someone will say to me, oh, you know, I don't like dogs. And I'll, you know, I'll just say, well, you know, he Homer doesn't like every person, really. Mm. Even though he does mostly. <laughs> He's such a tart. But <laughs> oh, but I mean, it's now is the time. I mean, you know, um, dog ownership has just got grown and grown and grown mm. year on year and everything. And I, well, for me, I don't trust people who don't like dogs, Juliet. So, no, neither um, do I. Really. I, I mean, say, I react quite badly actually because what Homer does. Well, he sort of did this more pre-pandemic that I take him on the London Tube, and he would actually, and I'd quite enjoy him doing this. He'd go up to people and sort of introduce himself and they'd smile. Sometimes I think, don't go up to that person, no. And I'd try and pull him back and the person would smile and start petting him. But every now and then someone will say to me, take your dog away. And I can feel the rage <laughs> rising in me, which yeah. is possibly not fair, but just, you know, to me, I can't imagine someone not liking dogs really. Like, well, that's know. how I, I must admit, I agree. I feel that, I mean, what is there not to like about dogs? But mm. I suppose we have to be respectful and, you know, we all have to rub along, which I think, you know, oh, yeah. certainly the parks during the pandemic mm. have proved this, where suddenly everyone decides, all right, I'm going to take up jogging. And yes. they don't know the rules of jogging, which is joggers stay on the tarmac path. The minute runners or joggers, whatever, take to the grass areas, that's the space of the dogs where they're off lead and so on and that's when potential accidents can happen you know yes. and, and that's when your runners get a bit cross and and you get yeah. a bit of an altercation which so it's all about rubbing along isn't it but, but I you think know, it is I think mm. it is can I just point out that mm. actually annoyingly Homer likes to stick to the path does he <laughs> it's just so I don't know it's like he's got this adorable sort of rule obeying like I'll often be on the grassy bit and he's 
he's like, no, no, the path is here. <laughs> How sweet. So it's obviously his pavements from perhaps being a street yes. dog. He feels secure <laughs> underfoot. But all dogs have their their quirks and mm. um, their own personalities. So, mm. I mean, what, what would you say in this seven years, nearly eight years or six years that you've owned him um, or he's been part of your life? What's been your proudest moment? I think my proudest moment with him is that that thing about people not liking dogs I've got a neighbor who was always scared of dogs and then during lockdown we'd all sit outside um when we were allowed she adds as a quick disclaimer <laughs> sit outside <laughs> drinking wine and Homer absolutely won her over with his sort of just friendliness and he he likes to shake hands with people uh you know so I feel he's so gentle and friendly that he's converted someone to not being scared of at least him and also there's a a lady that sits on the corner she's not homeless but she's she's she looks like she's looked after in some way and pre-homer that woman would often shout at passers-by and be very hostile. But when I go by with Homer, her face melts. And so, you know, just the healing power of, of dogs in general. But Homer is very friendly. No, I love that. And I love the fact as well that you're bringing him to your shows and mm. using comedy as another vehicle to highlight the greatness of dogs. Because, well, you probably know down at Piccadilly, Piccadilly Central, um, they do dog-friendly screenings, cinema screenings. Where do they? You, yes. You've just revolutionised my life. <laughs> That's so funny. That's brilliant. No, they do dog-friendly screenings, right? Oh. Kicked off in about... 2016 and then naturally okay with the pandemic everything went plop but mm. you know not dog films necessarily so I mean, I've seen everything from ABBA the musical 2 to Mary Poppins to all sorts of things um with the dogs now so cinemas opened its doors to dogs you know, obviously for centuries art has been there for dogs and mm. and literature but now comedy and there was <laughs> I'm sure I'm right that the Bloomsbury Theatre was staging some dog-friendly comedy That's acts. Right. So, yes. <laughs> so, gosh, was that true? Because I never. I mean, then the that, pandemic hit. So, yes, that was true. I never actually got. I was on the list to do one of those. I con because I contacted them and said, well, you know, not only do I have a dog at my show, but I have a lot of material. You know, I have hours of material now, um, and. I was intrigued to see how that was going to work because <laughs> the fact that there's a dog on stage and dogs in the audience, I wasn't sure whether they'd all just <laughs> kind of meet in the middle and hump each other or fight. or uh, Because every now and then people would say to me when I did the show with just Homer, can I bring a dog? And sometimes they'd say to me, oh, my dog's not very friendly. And I'd say, well, then, don't bring him because Homer <laughs> mingles. And yeah, so yeah. the Bloomsbury, I wanted to see that because I love that. 
that that sounds like absolute pandemonium that yeah. I want to be a part of. But I didn't know this about cinema, dog-friendly cinema. That's yeah. Wonderful. No, I, I really hope it starts again. But again, everything was controlled, so the dogs aren't running around yes. the cinema, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> cocking their leg in the corner. Because what amazed me was, you know, that straight after the dog people left, the cinema's open for, you know, normal, in inverted commas, people to go in and watch the same film, you know. So... That's great yeah 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 so I think the same thing perhaps would have worked in the Bloomsbury where dogs get a seat they sit on a blanket you know they're not allowed to run around and everything maybe Homer would have to do a little less mingling just in case as you never know you know I mean that's one of my when I'm with my dog trainer hat on I always say to people never assume that all dogs get on you know just look at us as a a species absolutely and and you know you you've got to respect dogs like like some space but yes i love the whole fact of dogs filtering through all aspects of culture you know and of course using humor as a great tool to convey the messages that that you do do right yes oh absolutely you know i I just want to go back to that bloomsbury thing i've just had a horrible thought as well uh, which is what Homer does sometimes. <laughs> He's great, but then if he sees another male dog, he thinks, well, no, this is my domain, and he'll wee on something, <laughs> which is what Homer would do in that situation. Yeah, but yes, yeah. I did, we got in terrible trouble. I went in a art gallery that allowed dogs in, and I chatted away, and then a male dog walked in, and Homer peed on a bit of curtain. Um, but no, I use... I use humour a lot to explain that actually, you know, as well as the fun bit about having a dog, he's absolutely transformed my life. You know, like I may be a mad dog lady, but, you know, for mental health, Homer is incredible. Most dogs are incredible for your mental health. So humour is a great way to introduce all of that and well definitely I mean we see I believe all dogs are assistance dogs in one level yeah Yeah, in one level or another I mean you know and and that again I think it's been really shown by the pandemic you know people needed a companion and um, opted for a dog and many have worked out many of these bought puppies have, have worked out really well and some haven't but I think that's the way it works anyway pandemic or no pandemic I think people underestimate the commitment would you agree on that Juliet? Oh yeah oh absolutely you know I, I think people I, I know quite a few people who said oh we're just getting a you know we're getting a dog and then they don't seem to realize well you know you were even if your dog doesn't have separation anxiety, you're going to have to take it for a walk. They might chew stuff up. You know, I think some people go on a very steep learning curve. And I always hope that people don't, you know, I visited, I visited Wood Green Dog Rescue last year and they do amazing stuff as well, but they were full of dogs that had been returned when people hadn't realised that you need pet insurance or you're going to have to pay hefty vets fees. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to take on. There is. And, and you're right. Things like pet insurance and vet bills, they're you know, making things a bit um, exclusive, I would say. And um, mm. some people say, you know, that vets are charging so much, they're biting the hands that feed them. Yes. But, uh, yeah. That's uh, another subject. Perhaps yes. For another yes. But listen, so isn't it fun, though, to have a dog at Christmas? I mean, what did you, oh. Oh, I should say, oh, gosh, <laughs> what did Santa Paws bring, um, bring him for Christmas? 
Well, um, every year Santa Paws brings him a, a different Christmas bandana. He likes a bandana. He has a bandana for a lot of occasions. So he got a Christmas pudding bandana. Oh. Uh, he's not, he doesn't really play with, he plays with my things. So uh, he got socks for Christmas, as in I got socks for Christmas, but he finds socks hilarious to carry around the house. Um, and he got a treats gun that oh. you put the treats in and then they shoot across the room and he has to find them. Brilliant. Gosh, I like the sound of that. I wish I'd got one of those. I know. Balls. Crikey. <laughs> yeah. you know. So, oh, so, you know, what would you say, though, as well, you know, that creates the biggest laugh when you're on stage with the dog? I mean, we're not laughing at Homer, obviously, yes. but well, with him. <laughs> well, he I mean, he does absolutely upstage me. But that's sort of what I want, you know. So I, I guess the things that sometimes accidentally get a laugh because I keep forgetting it happens is I always take a glass of water on stage and I forget sometimes to put it on a table. So I'm busy talking to the crowd and then the crowd notices that Homer's drunk from my glass of water. <sighs> and I then either notice myself and say, oh, for heaven's sake, but then forget and go to take a sip myself which makes the audience howl with laughter and often not tell me that I'm about to do that. Um, but also, you know, at times he will just get bored and start cleaning himself intimately. <laughs> and, and, you know, or often he'll just yawn. <laughs> he sat behind me and it'll yawn. So, you know, those things get quite a big laugh. And then... Uh, in terms of my material, uh, I mentioned a true story, which is that when I first had him, someone suggested a thing called a daptil that you plug into the wall and gives off female doggy pheromones. Yeah. And uh, I say that it doesn't seem to have worked for me. All that seems to have happened is that it cost me £30 on Amazon and uh, it's made my periods go out of sync. And uh, that always seems to get quite a big laugh uh, and it and seems to be the truth of the matter as well. Um, so, you know, I think every show with Homer, every show is different because I don't know how he's going to react. Does he like particular venues? Is he a small venue guy or, you know, does he like a bigger audience? Yeah, <laughs> he likes an audience that he can be on the same level as. So sometimes if the stage is too high he can't get to them. Right. And, and so sometimes what I've had to do that isn't ideal is it's, I've played some places where it's a very big stage and the audience are at a lower level. And Homer has noticed there's all sorts of fascinating stuff behind the curtain. So oh. he's gone behind the black curtain, mingling for stuff, and sometimes then can't remember his way back out. So there's just a dog-shaped bit of black curtain <laughs> trying to get back moving on, around yes, yes. yes coming alive yes and again oh. that's that's fun but sometimes I'm like oh Homer I'm just two seconds away from the punchline of yeah quick this bit yes so he likes an audience that he can his favorite venue is probably a place called Top Secret in London because he can 
the audience can see him, but also he can get off the stage and mingle. And what he does, I don't know how he does this, if I'm doing a regular 20 minute club set, he seems to know, I don't know how he knows this, he seems to know that at the 18 minute mark that he is going to come back to me. So he blatantly walks down the middle of the room, down the aisle <laughs> and jumps back on stage. That's brilliant. I love that. Well, there's all sorts. You must listen to episode one of A Dog's Life. And um, a lot of that knowing will come to light. Yeah. Um, so when I speak to Dr. Rupert Sheldrake about oh, wow. the sixth sense, basically, and animals knowing, you know, and yeah, yeah and emotional intelligence and, you know, things like that, which... Um, you know, dogs have in droves, but so I wouldn't say it's a coincidence. No. I'd say he, he definitely, I mean, because apparently Freud, you know, Sigmund Freud. Yeah. yeah. So he had this chow chow that would basically know when the session with a client was coming to an end and stand up and start <laughs> pacing around the room. So Freud apparently didn't need a clock to sort of say, oh, your 50 minutes is up, mate, now, you know, the That's dog would say, yeah, 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 no check it out it's um it's all true incredible isn't it they, I know. they do they have a lot of that that you know I often think they they seem to learn things so quickly and just get things that I think how you know I often look at home and think how did you know that but like you say they they just know you know they're very clever animals a lot of the time they are oh, they are don't never underestimate the intelligence it's of a weird, dog isn't it because people often say dogs can't tell can't measure time but I well, think Homer can. I think as well, science is proving so many of those old adages wrong, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of one of the beauties of our modern age. And, and we're obsessed with investigating why dogs do this and why they don't do the other, because the bond you, you create with your dog. Mm. And we're still trying to fathom out why it is that when they pass, you know, they leave you beyond devastated. I mean, people do oh. grieve more for their dogs so to bring the tone down actually but yeah, you know and no, then we, but... we need to know why 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 yeah I, I i i don't think we'll probably ever really know why uh, because it's been going yes. on for so many years i hmm. guess that's the thing isn't it but they're just so you know like i i often find it fascinating that homer's never actually said a word but the amount of communication in terms of face reading and you know i, I live alone and homer knows our routine so you know he's with me so much that I guess you know I, I often I'm often terrified of you know the day that someone says you know he's got something terrible because yeah you know he's he's my other half you know after gigs I come home and have a bath and often read in the bath and he bashes through the bathroom door <laughs> after 20 minutes as if to say come on I want to go to sleep now <laughs> <laughs> he does sound a character it, I'm, I really <laughs> want to come and see one of your shows oh, so when do. when can we do that well sadly I don't have many booked in at the moment so um, I, I have one uh, but that's in Leicester oh. on the 5th of February yeah. uh, and then I'm hoping to book more in at some of the London dog friendly venues very soon so the best way to find out about those is to follow me on Twitter um, or Instagram. Brilliant. More to your handles. They'll be in the show notes, actually. Sure. Don't worry. Okay. 
they'll so, be in the show notes. So okay. everyone must follow Juliet. That'd be and, wonderful. Um, you know, not everyone listening is in London. Sorry, Prudence, yes. my miniature bull terrier, is now getting a bit excited. I she love that. <laughs> I can hear the footsteps. I know. She's she's not very good at keeping still for too long. She's giving the sign. This is it. It's pretty good. Right, 30 minutes is up now. Yes. <laughs> um, I know. So they all do it. They all mm, do it. That's um, and then New Year's resolutions, Juliet, could it be to nail this separation anxiety? I think it really is. It is because I have to say, um, because lockdown has enabled us to, you know, it's become less of an issue because of the pandemic and lockdown um, and that I've got great dog sitters. So, yes, several New Year's resolutions to do with Homer. A, keep practising that you know, leaving him, leaving him. He can only really do an hour and a half alone, not even really that. I'm being charitable. I'm, I'm lying on your behalf, Homer. Uh, <laughs> he can do 40 minutes before he starts howling. So definitely practice leaving him. Yeah. And uh, to make sure that we both wipe our feet properly after we've been for a really muddy dog walk because <laughs> I'm just so sick of he runs in and then just leaves paw prints all over the carpet and one that's for both of us although Homer won't like this one to, to stop snacking quite so much between meals oh we are yeah. like the ultimate Scooby and Shaggy of just <laughs> Oh, well, Scooby-Doo, what a comic yes. hero he was. I know. So, so Homer, you've got, you know, you've got um, a big role model to go for there. Oh, well, Juliet, I really look forward to seeing you and, and keep oh, yes. also in real life, but also perhaps having a catch-up about New Year's resolutions and um, be wonderful. anxiety as <laughs> yes. well, you know, because it is possible if you can do 40 minutes, he can do two hours. I think, I think he can. I think he... Uh, see, the main problem with that was that the neighbours never seemed to go out. Um, but I, th I think I've got to the point with it now where I'm like, mate, you're not scared anymore. You're just being a bit spoiled. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he can howl. It is quite amazing. <laughs> Gosh, gosh, we've got to hear some of that howling. Um, uh, definitely on the next one. Yes. Yeah, no, it is. It's all about um, little by little. So for me, I'd go back to the very start, just going in and out, in and out, not looking at him when you come back in, yes. um, you know, and then build it all up all over again. And I think you'd find you'd be able to, you know, go out for longer without any howling starting. And, yes, I think you're right. You know, there's so many, there's even dog TV that's come. I mean, there's obviously you could play a dog's life or, you know, <laughs> um, have deflection going on to distract him from the neighbours. So there's got to be an alternative sound for him to tap into than what the yes. neighbours are up to as well. But it, it is an issue. And living in London, there's so many triggers going on, you know, when it's busy, that it um, even silence actually can make dogs bark because that's weird as well. Yes, yes. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I've, I, I leave... Um, I used to leave the radio on for him. Now I leave the television on for him. And again, it's that thing of I used to take so long to leave that I think he got a chance to think, well, maybe I can come. Whereas I now just 
absolutely blank him and leave and then you're very you're right as well about that thing of not making an issue when you come back mm, like mm. sometimes he looks at me as if to say am I invisible <laughs> yeah sort of... no I know but the psychology is if yes. you pet them and go oh it's so good to see you oh my god oh my god then and if the dog has been really anxious you're rewarding the anxiety yes so it's like yes. then he'll think oh my god I was right to be freaking out crikey obviously mum's you know been through three earthquakes flown yes. across the Atlantic <laughs> and it's all been really stressful um oh. so it's just to you know, create this normality with it all. But, you know, every dog's an individual, Juliet. I can't wait to meet Homer. So I can't wait for you to meet him. I'm I'm looking forward to meeting you. So you've got two. Yes, yes. I've got Prudence, my bull terrier, and Mr. Binks, my little rehomed um, English toy terrier, co-host, of course, of A Dog's Life. And um, yes, and a cat. (laughs) So it's quite Noah's Ark here, as you can imagine. Wow. I'm impressed that you live with a cat as well. (laughs) Well, he's quite a quite a big cat, a uh, big personality. Yeah, oh. no, we love them. I mean, animals bring you so much. I wouldn't oh, yeah. think of changing my life in any way at all. Yeah, you know where you are with a dog. That's what my dad used to tell me. <laughs> it's true. It's true, I, though, isn't I know. it? Like, it is know, true. People often say to me, well, what will you do if, you know, you find love? And I'm like, well, that person will have to adapt. Exactly, exactly. Well, on that note, Juliet, thank you so much for coming on A Dog's Life. And I urge everyone to look you up and um, see the only dog in comedy on stage, Homer. Thank you. you. Thanks, Juliet. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's our show, Mr Binks. What did you think? Yes, I thought you'd like the sound of Homer's pointy ears. I think they are a bit like yours. What's that? Yes, it's also time for Woof of the Week. (coughs) One thing's for sure. The greatest thing of owning a dog is this, that they will make you laugh every day. (coughs) I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Juliet Myers and, of course, to Homer. And links to all her upcoming shows will be in the show notes. Thanks, of course, to Mike Hansen, my producer at Pod People Productions, for all the music and production as ever. Find out more about him at Pod People UK. For me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now? That way, you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Thank you.